how did you figure out what you wanted to do as in terms of being passionate about it uh, does passion play a role into what you do because I feel like every time I'm in your tutor spaces and you do talk about what you do you have a level of intentionality and passion towards it versus maybe just finding something you're really good at um, and you know making sure that you're continue continually sharpening that those skills um, so how much you have the passion to what you do right now and how you've built your career Ooh, this is the one. I'm glad y'all can't see my face because y'all see them allergies kicking in. That's what it is. Um, 18, I went to college for like three weeks. I was like, this is not for me. And till that point, all my jobs were straight fast food. McDonald's, Subway, Domino's Pizza, Delivery, and The Cook. And I remember being at that job and look, no, those jobs. So y'all should respect everyone who's doing those jobs, either on their path to something better or that's the thing they want to do. And one of my store managers, I believe it was at Pizza Hut, I wasn't taking it serious. And I remember he pulled me to the side. He's like, listen, you got your whole life ahead of you. You're going to have lots of options in the game. But for some of us, this is how we take care of our families. This ain't a game. And so I understood that I need to be a professional no matter what I'm doing. And so since I decided college wasn't for me, I also didn't want to be a statistic. Look, I was born in 81. I don't know if y'all remember the D.A.R.E. program, but I remember in elementary school, maybe fourth or fifth grade, they sat us down and they would have the resource officer come in or someone would do this presentation. And in Long Beach, California, there was like this statistic that made all of us super scared. I'm a black male. And they told me that I had a better chance of going to jail or dying before I hit the age of 25. Now, my guess is that was an overblown statistic, but the numbers was too high to ignore. And so when I thought about it, I was like, yo, I don't want fast food to be my end game. Like, seriously, I just didn't. I wanted a field that I respected and wanted to do. And so I'm on my hustle thinking about what should I do? When you 18... And, you know, I grew up in Atlanta for the later half of my years. You got to get out the house. You're not going to be no dude with a single mom in the house forever doing nothing. That's not going to go. And so my mom was like, yo, you got to make some moves. And um, it was tough in the beginning because you ain't got money like that. You ain't getting no apartment lease. Hell, to be honest, I ain't even know how. So I had two options. Um... I can sleep in my truck and just visit friend's house and get a shower from time to time. And I did that for a moment, even when I owned that computer store. I used to sleep in the back in the 86 Jeep Cherokee, and I would just go take a shower from time to time to make sure, you know, everything was on the up and up. But it didn't bother me because I knew I was on this hustle. And so I figured the only way to survive straight up was to get some skills so that I can actually function in life. College was ruled out by my own admission. And so I decided, like, look, I was going to get A-plus certified. And I remember getting that certification. And I had never met anybody in tech to that point. But I got that certification. And I'm going to be honest with y'all, maybe a lot of people don't respect things like A-plus certification. But, boy, I walked out of that certification center like I had a Ph.D. I put that bad boy in a frame. I ain't had nowhere to hang it, but it sat in the back of the truck because I was proud. I had some skills. And I got my first job as a Bell South technician. And it's just a weird overlap between the computer store and that technician job because the technician job was the first job 
that I had where we would go from business to business, to door to door. And I remember, and I've told this story before, DSL back then, high-speed internet, uh, this is before cable internet really took off, basically giving high-speed internet over the phone line. And I remember it was a nine-month wait. If you wanted internet access, you get on the waiting list and a technician like me go up. And I pulled up to this driveway, North Atlanta, beautiful house. I pull up in the driveway in that 86 Jeep Cherokee. I had that Cherokee for 10 years. And uh, I'm in the driveway, and I got my tool bag and my collar shirt. That's the outfit. And the guy walks out the door. He ain't sure I'm coming in. And uh, we doing this standoff in the driveway. And honestly, a person that looks like me, he wasn't so sure because we wasn't driving around in the official vehicles with the AT&T on the side. We was driving our personal cars. And so when he figured out that I was safe enough to let in, we walk in and I'm looking at the walls and, you know, this guy's an architect, right? He designed cities. He had pictures of ex-president on his wall. And I remember, I, I can feel it. I knew he thought I wasn't qualified to do this job. And so we get down and now it's time to show off. When you were doing installs back then, you got two options. The one they do, which is give everybody these little cheap USB modems. They look like a little stingray. They were neon blue and you plug them in via USB. Or if their computer was a little too old or they had the operating systems that didn't have compatible drivers, we would give them the real modem, Ethernet modem. You would have to shut down the computer, put a network card inside, and we used to create Ethernet K-Fly, and then you would hook it up, and those are the reliable ones, and they cost three times more. So they didn't really want us to do it like that unless it was necessary. That day, it was necessary. I wanted to make sure that someone looked like me wouldn't be responsible for a bad experience, not while I was on site and not two weeks later. So I gave them the real deal. And as I'm hooking everything up, I'm kind of making sure everything is organized. And uh, when I was finished, you know, he had been using AOL the whole time. And I was like, yo, go in and try it. And he clicked on AOL. I was like, oh, you ain't got to do that no more. You can just click on the blue E, Internet Explorer. And it took him straight to the Internet, and he was smiling. Things was coming up fast. Um, and he let me know that I was the first black person in his house. And, you know, you hear something like that. But for some reason, I wasn't scared because, you know, I've been in this guy's house for about an hour now. And so we get to talking. He's asking, where do you get these skills from? And I was like, oh, man, I just bought a book for $35 at Barnes & Noble, got certified. And he was cool. He was like, man, my son go to Georgia Tech and he can't do shit. <laughs> and so I wanted to continue to show off. I networked his printer, moved it to a different table, made sure everything was right. And as I'm standing in this dude's office with my tool bag in hand, with that collar shirt on, I realized that this job, this profession, these skills, I watched this dude change his whole perspective in real time. And so I took it serious forever. So when analogy come out, all I think about is the Kelsey sleeping in the truck. All I think about is that when you get these skills, you let people know what job you want. When you get these skills, you create the project you want to exist. When you get the skills, you ain't ever got to wait. You get to tell people how it should go. You get to contribute to push it in that direction. So when people say what motivate me, it's like, yo, I know what it's like. Uh, outside of this field. So I just never take it for granted. I'm grateful. And also the thing that keep me at it 
is the fact that I can show other people that this is a route for them. So whether they sleeping in their car or in the grade, thinking about what they're going to do next, if we can just kind of show them that path, then they're going to get to do the same thing too. So that's why I ain't done yet. All right, thank you for that question. I'm going to go to the next speaker. I had a question we in here discussing. Look, I'm celebrating a little bit. I don't normally talk about job promotions because you are more than your job. You are more than your job title. But boy, the people who've been serving this whole time, I think this one worth celebrating. Uh, I got the nice distinguished title at Google as an L9 individual contributor. But you'll notice the title is Distinguished Gentleman because I see myself more than what HR does. And so we're going to always put the human first. Got a question, please feel free to ask to jump on stage and I'll bring you up. Person is, I believe it's uh, uh, Dante Danto. If I said your name wrong, I apologize. Unmute yourself, introduce yourself, uh, ask your question. Thank you, appreciate that. Um, Kelsey, first and foremost, congratulations on that promotion. That distinguished title is huge. Um, as someone who is an, currently an engineering manager, um, I, can, I can't even imagine the amount of hard work that you've put in to get there. Um, I'm based out of Hood River, Oregon, uh, very familiar with Puppet. Uh, we actually met way back in like 2013, 2014. It's been really fun to watch your career. Um, my question for you is is kind of around how to cut through the noise. So I'm looking at my career. I'm looking at all the different things that I could do. Um, there's there's so much, and it's almost overwhelming, right? Like you can write your own book. You can write your own podcast, um, maybe create my own company, whatever that looks like. How did, how did you do the noise to find what brought you the most value in your career? Well, I guess the first thing I did was learn how to make noise, too. <laughs> you know, it's not like it was a, a easy thing. So I started going to the meetups and putting my voice into the conversation, figuring out how I could also make an impact into the game. So I went from being a consumer of technology to someone that can produce it. You know, I remember contributing to Python tools, you know, virtual Anth and PyPy. I remember fixing bugs, getting into open source. So I would say the first step was for me, is learning how to make noise so I can understand it. And so once I kind of learned how the system worked, people were talking about what they were, it's always going to be noise because there's always something happening. But you're right. It's like, damn, do I need to go learn machine learning? Do I need to go learn every new thing that's coming out? Or do you kind of swim in your lane? And I remember when I was at Puppet Labs, you mentioned Puppet Labs in 2012. I remember someone was telling me about a T-shaped engineer. Look, do it right. Over your whole career, you're going to get the breath, right? You're going to have that experience uh, to go broad. But the thing I learned was the thing in front of you is the thing you should probably focus on, right? So if you had a job writing PHP in 2022, I feel sorry for you, but PHP still get it in. You should learn the hell out of PHP. Learn the fundamentals. If you're willing to, click two layers below it. Learn how to use it to its fullest capabilities. And so in that case, you notice what I'm doing. I'm focused. I'm at my current job. We're using PHP. I want to learn how to write modern PHP. I want to learn the history of PHP. I want to learn the language design decisions, how to write high-performance PHP. I want to learn everything about it because, see, now I'm focused. And so time comes, maybe you get a new job or maybe you learn that, man, maybe PHP ain't good for everything. And then for me, I like to create branches, right? So I got this little dot. This is the thing that's in front of me. And sometimes I start to say, you know what? What should my job be? What will I like my job to be? Or maybe I don't want a job at all. 
Either way, draw that line to the next step. To me, that narrows the lane again. I might say, you know what? I'm PHP. I'm feeling Golang. I did a few prototypes. I like the performance. And the reason why you can make that comparison is because you were focused on PHP in the first place. So when it's time to try something new, you can evaluate it on its merits. Now, maybe the company you at says, yo, we're not doing Golang here. We're going to stick to PHP. Look, there's nothing wrong with that. But now guess what you get to do? You might say, look, I'm, that's my next step. And if I can't do it here, I'm going to carve out my own lane. Could I learn Rust? Of course. Could I learn JavaScript? Absolutely. But for me and my roadmap that I just sketched out on this napkin, I know what the next step is. And so for me, I'm going to stay focused on that next step. And so what does focus look like in concrete terms? Focus looks like going to the Golang meetup and saying, hey, I'm a PHP guy learning Go for the first time. I want to give a talk about the differences, in my opinion, between Go and PHP. And now I'm on my path. And lo and behold, you give that presentation and someone is hiring. They're hiring people to convert stuff from PHP to Golang. And guess what? You're the perfect candidate because that's the lane you already carved out for yourself. You just had to let people see it so they can give you directions or help you get there. And so for me, the noise, the last thing I'll say is fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. Every time I see something new, I was just at KubeCon. If you ain't never went to a large tech conference, it looked like the shopping mall of technology. Vendors everywhere, building everything. They be using words like digital transformation, cloud native DevOps platform. I'm like, boy, that's some certificate management. We've been doing that for 30 years. Stop. <laughs> you know, you don't need all those words to describe what you're doing. And so I've learned to peel back the covers and see what it's fundamentally doing. So instead of taking people's word for it, I'd be like, can you just show me? And when they show me what they're doing, I try to go off and click two layers below and like, oh man, this is just some TLS certificates, man. I can do that with Nginx and some shell scripts. And it's not to undermine these new projects, it's to understand these new projects and not get distracted. And then you can focus and then decide if that's something you want to get involved in or not. So that's been my path to staying focused. There's a lot out here. I can get to it in due time. And honestly, it's cool to focus on a thing in front of you. If you put it all together at the end, you're going to look like that T-shaped engineer where you got a lot of depth. And over time, you'll get that breath.